Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. I believe that part of the reason why we're able to weather through this pandemic is because God is faithfully gathering His people together in safe ways to be able to say yes to Him. So this morning, wherever you're at, whether you're at home, whether you're on your couch, whether you're Sitting, sitting in the passenger seat of the car and you're watching us on the phone or whether you're here in the house with us. Let's worship the Lord. Let's say yes to God. Let's trust that God will do something great. Father God, we, we welcome you this morning. We welcome you to, to be the Lord of our life. We welcome you to, to take control. We welcome you to, to speak truth to us this day. God, we welcome you to uh, encourage our hearts. God, we welcome you to, to do a great work that only you can do. Father, we just want to want to be before you. We're going to gather for work, for our worship, for the preached word, and for communion this morning. God, we pray that you would just be present. We pray, God, that you would enjoy this as much as we would. And God, we pray that our offering would be right before you. Oh, we love you. We love you, God. We'll worship you now. Have our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, thanks for joining. Let's worship together. good to be together amen all right it is good to be together even if you didn't declare amen it is good to be together i am so glad to see you today and glad to be with all of you who are joining us live at home or wherever you are at i am so thankful for that time of worship that last song i give myself away just kind of speaks to the desire of the posture of our heart even as we prepare now to come into the preached word it just speaks to the desire of the posture of our heart like our desire as a church is that our hearts would just be in that place to be able to say, God, is, I want whatever you want. I want to be available for whatever you want to do. I want to empty myself of who I am and, fill my, and, and be filled with who you are. In, uh, in, in our Bible study on Tuesday mornings, we're going through the book of First Peter, or First Peter, and we're just, we just ended chapter 2. And at the end of chapter 2 in 1 Peter, Peter says that we are to be, uh, as believers, we are to be serving for the purpose of equipping others until the entire church has reached full unity. And he says you'll know that they reached full unity because they'll be mature in the Lord. So our prayer this morning is that this is part of that process, that we are continuing to grow together in unity, that we're reaching toward maturing in the Lord. Let's go ahead and pray again as we get ready to check out Acts chapter 3. Father, would you speak this morning? Father, would you allow us to all hear your voice. Might it be like the that moment in the birthing of the church where your spirit blew in and everybody heard your voice and they heard it in a way that they could understand it. Might it be as miraculous as that, God? Join our hearts together. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. We're going to read from Acts chapter 3, the first six verses. And as you turn there, I'm going to tell you a quick story. I've got a, a habit that might, be, might seem a little strange to some people. Um, but after hearing it, maybe, maybe some others will want to join me in that habit. It's a practice that I've had for, uh, I, guess, I guess, almost 20 years now. Um, I, I, as, as I drive around our neighborhood and the larger section of northwest Philadelphia, this is kind of where this habit takes place for me. Whenever I'm driving around, I try to do this at least once a week. I'll, I'll drive through a different neighborhood or a different block or you know, down a different street than I, than I normally do even if it takes me a little bit further, a little bit longer to get where I'm going. And while I'm driving around, I'm, I'm just kind of setting my mind and my heart in a posture of prayer. I'm just praying for people I don't know, people who live in houses that I'll never be in and those kind of things. But whenever I find an abandoned property, an empty house, a shell, a yard that's been left behind, a store that's out of business, a bank that was once and is now closed, something that's transitioning from one thing to another, Whenever I find a property like that, I, I, I stop. And sometimes I'll just sit in my car and I'll just kind of pray from my car. But sometimes I'll even leave my car and I'll, and I'll go up to the building and I'll, I'll lay my hands on the corner of the building. Kind of just put my hand like this. And I'll just begin to pray. And I'll just pray God to, I'll pray to God that he would restore, that he would revive that he would bring life back into this community through whatever was once in that space. A grocery store that used to meet the needs of its neighbors. A bank that used to facilitate the financial needs for the community. A church that once was a beacon of hope that is now a shell of a building. And I'll just stop and I'll pray. God, I don't know what you're going to do here, but I believe you're a God of life. I believe you're a God of restoration. I believe you're a God of revival. And so, God, why wouldn't I believe that you could do that here on this block? Why wouldn't I believe? Why wouldn't I ask? Why wouldn't I petition you, God, to do that again right here in this community? I don't believe I'm alone in praying those prayers, and I don't believe I'm alone in walking around buildings and doing this kind of thing. And, and now that I've shared it, maybe others will join in as well. But I believe this is what the church has been doing for a long time. I believe we can look in Scripture and we can see dead things coming to life, and that is the work of God through the people of God, also known as the church, right? I believe we can see in Scripture where, where Paul is preaching and someone dies, and, and Paul prays to the God of revival, and they're brought back to life. See, I believe that God restores. I believe that God renews. I believe that God desires to do that, not just in a, in a, at large in a community, but I believe that God desires to do that with you, right where you're at, right here today. Maybe there's some things in you that have died that God just wants to revive. Maybe you feel as though you're, even though you're here or even though you're present online, you feel as though you've been so lost in the, in the faith. You, you've kind of wandered away and you feel like you're so distant that it's almost, it's almost dead to you. Maybe today is the day that God wants to lay a hand on that. That God wants to call you back. That God wants to set you back into that place to be a beacon of hope and of light for your community. The last three weeks, we've been preaching through this series called The Churches and We Are. And the first week I preached about, I said, The Churches and We Are called to be a witness. 
And we talked about what that meant to be a witness and what it is that we were witnessing to, that we were proclaiming the good news, that we were indeed the communicator of the gospel. Then the second week we talked about the churches and we are called to be led by the Holy Spirit. Pastor Crawford here on Sunday morning, Pastor Charlie at Wissahickon on Saturday night preached a sermon about being called to be led by the Holy Spirit. And the reminder that, yes, the Holy Spirit came to be with the church and be one with the church at the time of Pentecost. But, but from that point forward, the Holy Spirit leads the people of God. That he's a comforter and a counselor, but he's also the one who leads us. It, he is indeed how we hear and understand the voice of God. And so we're led by the Holy Spirit. God, what is it you want? And we wait and we listen. We meet with God through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in times of worship and intimate moments. And then we're sent by God. Where are we sent to? We're sent to the places where people of peace are, where the presence of the Holy Spirit is residing, where he is already at work. So we're called to be led by the Holy Spirit. Well, as we wrap up this series today, I want to say this. And so if you're going to take notes, write this down so you get it. The church is and we are called to impact the community. The church is and we are called to impact the community. You might ask yourself this question. If as a result of the pandemic, the church, our church, specifically Roxborough, stopped meeting together, this building went up for sale. My family evicted from the front yard. Besides the fact that my family would no longer live on the front, in the front yard, what else would change? And if the answer to that question is nothing, which I thank God that that is not the answer, but if the answer to that question is nothing, nothing changes, the church is gone, but the world around it still continues as is, nothing has changed, well, then the church has missed the opportunity to, to live into its calling to impact the community. You see, I could begin to list for you a whole lot of things that would change if Roxborough Church vanished. I could list for you a whole lot of ways in which the community at large would, would really suffer because the ways because those are ways that this church indeed impacts the community. I could list for you a whole group of people who would have nowhere to turn, would not have the same place to turn at least for counseling and hope because Pastor Crawford would no longer be available to him. I can list for you 400 families that would drive through a parking lot that once was a church that is now an abandoned parking lot, that there would be nobody out there distributing food to meet their very basic need of sustenance because Miss Amy would not be here to do that every week. I can, I can list for you a whole lot of people who would be driving down the street and would not have the songs in their mind to refresh and renew their hearts as they were singing them on Sunday because Scott and Heather would not be up here leading them in a time of worship that is reminded to them. By the way, Scott, I've never told you this. You've improved my bowling game. Let me just tell you this real quick. By the way, Scott is sitting to my, to my left over here, so that's why I'm looking that way. But um, one of the things I realized when I bowl is that I need to have rhythm. And you know how awful I am at that. But really, I need to have, I really need to have caden cadence? Cadence. I should know that. That's my daughter's name. I really need to have cadence. I, re I really need to be like slow and moving like that, right? And so what I find myself doing is that 
I try to remember one of the songs that we sing in worship. And whenever it's my turn to get up the bowl and I approach the, the starting position, I begin to recite the song in my head. And that keeps me at peace and it keeps me in rhythm. And I've actually, when I do it, I'm actually better. So, Scott, I would have never thought that that would influence my bowling game, but it did. It does. Um, it hasn't for the last six months, though. You know, I guess you can understand that because we haven't bowled in that long. But uh, when we return, I'll do it again. Acts chapter 3, if you have your Bibles, let's read this. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was uh, was being carried to the temple, to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he, said, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Before we go any further, can you just let that story set up in your mind? Can you let the miraculous way in which God worked show up in that story? Now, can you fight against the temptation to think, well, that's what God once did, but he doesn't do that anymore? You see, I know a God who is a miracle worker, who continues to daily renew my lame soul and say to me, Ray, by the power of the name of Jesus, Walk, be revived, be restored, be active. I walk around those buildings and I lay my hands on the cornerstone and I pray. And then I watch days or weeks or months, maybe years. And then at some point, what starts with a fence around the building moves to hard hats showing up. And before you know it, after a few weeks more, something's been transformed. Something is active again. I think that's what God is doing, and I think that's what God is doing here in the life of our church. And I even think that is what God is doing through this time of pandemic. That something is being birthed again. And that something will, will, will cause an impact. It will cause a great ripple effect. It will cause a change. It will cause a shift, not just in our individual lives, but Lord willing, in the community all around us. My first thing I want to highlight from this scripture this morning is this. The needs of God's created are the needs that God cares about. The needs of God's created 
are the needs that God cares about. By the way, Pastor Ricky, I know you're following us online. Um, I sent this to you in an email, so you have all these points if it helps you to be able to copy and paste. The needs of God's created are the needs that God cares about. Um, you can flip over to 1 John chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, and while you flip there, I'll set it up for you so you understand. 1 John 3, 17 and 18. Go ahead and get a button. It's not going to show up. It is going to show up. It's right behind me. Never mind. Um, 1 John 3, 17 and 18. But as you're, as you're looking at that, look at this. Watch this. The story that we just read in Acts chapter 3, what happens? There's a guy who has a very present and real need. And he thinks his present and real need is for money so that he can buy some food later, so that he can pay somebody to help him get where he needs to go for whatever he needs to do with that money. He thought that was his real present need. But the needs that God truly cares about are the needs of God's people. God sees past the need that he was expressing and sees the greater need in his life. And what do we see happen? We see God using the church, the people of God, to meet those very real needs. 1 John 3, 17, 18, this is what it says. If anyone has material possessions, uh, yep, 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 sorry, and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. The, the church is, and we are called to impact the community. And one of the ways that we do that is through action and truth, through action and truth, through word and deed, through the active engagement of the people of God with the mission of God, what God is up to right now. Maybe I'll ask it this way to you. How has God been using you, even in the midst of all that's going on around us? He's, maybe he's been encouraging somebody through you. Maybe, maybe you write letters and you send them off to people as encouragement, right? And you've been continuing to do that. Maybe you're somebody who is at home collecting prayer requests and, and you're praying for them faithfully. And so every week or two weeks, somebody drops a new prayer request on you. And you don't just say, okay, cool, I'll pray for that. But you actually wear out your spirit praying before God for those needs, Maybe there's someone on your block or in your immediate neighborhood who, who has a real present need. And because you're out and about, you've been able to be the person who helps to meet that need. Maybe you're showing up with the food distribution to deliver to them. Or, or maybe you're, you know, running an errand for them or some way like that. Maybe you're meeting a very real need. But watch this, watch this. Maybe there's somebody in your life who actually is lost. I don't mean just wandering around. I mean they're they're they're. they're actively lost. Could it be like we said two weeks ago that you're called to be the witness? Could it be like we said last week that you're being led by the Holy Spirit in your life? And could it be that I'm saying to you this week that the way in which you make an impact in their life is to be the one who delivers the good news? Could it be? Could it be that the churches and we are called to meet the needs of the people around us. The needs of God's created are needs that God cares about. It doesn't mean that he doesn't care about anything else, but I want you to understand this. The things that burden you burden the heart of God. Why? Because he loves you. 
because he created you, because he desires for nothing more than intimate, eternal relationship with you. That is God's utmost desire, that you and he would be together forever. Forever. I read a story this weekend, a tragic story. There was a a pastor down in Texas. He and his wife were coming home from a church event. They've got three small kids. They were coming home from the church event, and their car got T-boned. And the husband and wife, the pastor and his wife, they died. And then the, the, the story, you know, kind of, the, there was a lot of questions about, like, how will the church go on? What will happen? And, and then there was the, kind of this fleeting thought that ran through this story as well. What about those three kids? And all I could think to myself is, in that moment, as I was reading that story and, you know, being a, a dad with young kids and a pastor of a church, like, a lot of things were hitting home and close to me. And I, and I just thought to myself, in that last moment, There's a tear in my spirit because I'm recognizing I'm going to go be with God forever, which is is all I really want. But I'm also recognizing in that same split moment that my three little ones are going to be without me. And that tears my spirit. It breaks my heart. And if it breaks my heart for what it looks like for the next 20 years for my little ones to be without me before they join us forever in eternity, how much more does it burden and break the heart of God when we think about an eternal divide between people that he loves and his own? Friends, I'm trying to say to us this morning, I believe that God wants to make an impact in the community around us through you. And that impact will indeed affect the needs of those around us because God cares about them. The second thing I want to point out this morning is this. Our response is to create lasting impact. Look, I know Peter and John, uh, I, I, know, I know Peter and John said silver and gold we do not have, but what we do have we give to you. And I believe probably their pockets were empty and they had no silver or gold to give away in that moment. But even if they did, that silver and gold that they would give, it would pass pretty quickly. It would get used pretty quickly. What if there was something you could give that would leave an impact that would last forever? What if there was something you could stamp that would, that would change the trajectory of someone's life forever? Wouldn't you do that? I mean, Galatians chapter 6, if you have your Bibles, you can look there as well. Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. This is what it says. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Why? Because this is where the lasting impact is. The lasting impact is through the church. The work that you do for the king of kings lasts forever. It impacts the world. And Jesus says to the disciples, look, the church that I'm going to form, it's like a city on a hill. It's like a beacon of hope in the community. 
It is the resolute place where people go that their needs would be met and they would be set up to change the world. So friends, I want to say this clearly today that the church is called to make an impact that doesn't just fleet and fade, that lasts. If we're going to make an impact that lasts, then we've got got to be about eternal things. Last thing this morning. The most important impartation is the healing hope of Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes we, we might find ourselves confused. We might be thinking, well, if I don't know anybody who's actually was lame and now walks, or if I actually point at the mountain and say move and it doesn't actually move, you know, I've thought about doing this sometimes when there have been a couple occasions in my life, not many, but there have been a couple of occasions in my life where I went running. I know. I think the same thing about it. Big mistake. But there have been a couple of times when I went running, and I was tricked into thinking I was running on a flat or a decline, only to realize what was ahead of me was something that seemed monumental, right? It just seemed like whoo, way uphill, And I thought those were the moments when I should exercise my spiritual faith and say, mountain, move. And I may have even tried that while running. Now, you might question whether I'm saved because the mountain did not move. You might also question whether I'm saved because I should have stopped and just called an Uber. But I walked instead. But here's what I'm saying to us. The greatest act of God in showing up, the greatest impartation that we have to give is the healing hope of Jesus Christ. Maybe the mountain moves. Maybe the lame get up to walk. But what I know for a fact is this, the hope in Jesus Christ being healed in our life is eternal life-giving. The hope that Jesus holds the keys to eternity and that we have the opportunity to join with him, that heals forever. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, this is what it says. Peter's instruction is, he says, In your hearts, revere or set apart Christ as the Lord. And then always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. Church, we as the church are called to be people of hope. We as the church are called to be people who look out and say, that is a mountain. But I know that whether God moves the mountain or not, he sees me going up and standing at the peak. I believe in fullness that God's desire for you and for me are to be people of hope who are outsourcing and giving away that hope to others. I was driving yesterday on the way home from a soccer game with my, my second born, and, and uh, I, for some reason, our, our games are forever away, and so I was, I was way out by Allentown, just, way, uh, yes, y'all, y'all feel like I feel, like I was just like, wow, God, thank you for the time I get to have with my kid in the car, but 
I'd like to drive around the block instead, okay? Uh, so, so way out in Allentown, driving home, you know, an hour ride back. And at one point, <clears throat> we drive past somebody's yard, and they have a, a political sign out. And, it, you know, it says, like, you know, Biden for president or something like that. And, and then on the other, in the yard across the street, there's one that says, you know, Trump for, for decades or something like that. And, and it's like, you know, these, these two signs kind of combating across the street with each other. And my son's observant, and he says, uh, hey, Dad, uh, who are you voting for? I turn up the radio and try to ignore him, but he, he, he wants to really talk about this. And so we get to the heart of why he's talking about this. And, 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 I, and I ask him, I say, well, Nate, why are you asking this? Why do you care? Why? Oh, like, and, he, and I realized eventually that mom set him up to talk about it. But, but besides that, besides that, um, he, he says to me, he says, well, I just, I just want to know who you're voting for. And I said, well, why do you want to know? And he said, well, yeah, I'm just wondering, like, who is it that, that we should have hope for? And I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't, like, change the mirror to look and make eye contact. But in my mind, I was making eye contact with him. And I just said, oh, Nate, you don't understand. I was like, I have no hope in our president doing anything different. I have hope that Jesus will be at work. And that will happen no matter who the president is. So my desire is that Jesus would be Lord and that many people would come and say, Ray, why, why do you have this hope? And it'll be apolitical. It'll be my hope is in Jesus Christ. Peter and John are on their way into the temple. The man sees them going in, prepared to go in, assuming and presuming that they have something to give. And the man says, can I have some of what you have? Oh, you don't even know what you're asking for, sir. You can have more than some of what I have. You can have all of what I have. You can place your hope in the Lord of Lords. Church, if you're following along, the church is and we are called to be a witness. Share the good news of the gospel. The church is and we are called to be led by the Holy Spirit. Where do I go, God? I'll wait for you. Direct my steps. And the churches and we are called to make an impact in the community or the world around us. God, give me something to give away that will change the world that I live in. That when I lay hands on the cornerstone, that the foundation shakes. And what is birthed there is something that is life-giving. And every time somebody asks, let me be quick to say, this is where I put my hope. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I, I pray that you would indeed be the reason for my, uh, my hope. You would be the one who I have placed my hope in. God, you would be the center point of my life. And God, as we prepare to meet you at the table to celebrate the meal that you have had with your disciples, God, as we prepare to recount the ways in which you have blessed our lives, God, I pray that we would be reminded of the great source of hope, that we would be reminded, Lord, of all the ways that you have and you are restoring your church. 
God, empower us. Empower us, we pray, to be a witness. Empower us. Empower us, we pray, Lord God, to wait on you and be led by you. And empower us to go into the world causing cosmic and cosmic shifts. Because things are changing. Because God is present and at work. Speaking of things changing, Jesus, you changed something for your disciples and for all of us that is never, uh, that'll never be the same. You took something that seemed so ordinary and seemed so everyday kind of experience and you made it something. And then you've called the church to continue to remember how unique it is. So those who are with us here in person and you, if you have your communion cups and those who are joining us online, uh, if you have communion things with you. And by the way, if you did not get a communion cup on your way, if you raise your hand, we'll be happy to drop one off to you really quickly. We have some prepared. Um, if anybody, have, anybody need one? Does anybody need one? We need, one all, need two all the way in the back. For those of us who are joining us online, if you want to go ahead and get your stuff together for communion. Jesus, on the night before he was arrested, before he was tried, before he was uh, sentenced to death on the cross, before he died, gathered together with his disciples, with those whom he had grown to love and had invested his life and his ministry in. And he had a very traditional meal with them. And during that meal, he took bread and he gave thanks to the Father and he broke it. And he said to them, this is my body. My body that's going to be broken for you. If you have your wafer or if you have your bread, let's be reminded today that the body of Christ for us. In the lower half of your cup, if you pull both of the tabs off, you'll find juice. The body of Christ was broken for you. After supper, Jesus took the cup and gave thanks, and he shared it with his disciples. He said, this cup is the new covenant, my blood that will be shed for you. It's the, it's the promise of all that I've done and all that I'm doing. And Paul says that every time we take the bread and we drink from the cup, we proclaim not just what Jesus has done, but what he's doing and that he's coming back again. Friends, if you stand in a relationship with Jesus Christ, if Jesus is the Lord of your life, then I declare this to you. The body of Christ has been broken for you, and the blood of Christ has been shed for you. Take and drink and be reminded of all that Christ has done. Father, to restore, renew, receive, bless your people, hear the cries of our hearts, receive this last song as our song to you.
calling us together for this time of worship. Jesus, you are it. You are it. As we sang at Wissahickon, you are the center of it all. God, uh, maybe we sang that at Staffordshire. You are the center of it all. God, you're just awesome. You, you, you called us together. And, and Lord, I pray that indeed you would, you, would, you would deploy us out, God. Send us out on mission, God. Send us on your appointments, God. Prepare in advance for the conversations for us to have, Lord God. That we would be your witnesses. That we would be waiting upon your Holy Spirit to lead us, God. And that we would be making eternal impacts on your behalf. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus, life. Live, revive, restore, be made new, be made whole. God, be, give them hope in only the ways you can. In only the ways you can. Friends, for everyone who gathered with us this morning in person or those who gathered online, we'd like to invite you as well to worship the Lord by giving. You have an option to give online or you have an option to give right here in the house by dropping your, your gifts here in the box. But either way, give, give from a place of saying yes to God, not from a place of feeling convicted by me or by something that was said from the front. Let it be a worshipful act to the Lord. And until we come together, come together again, may the peace of Christ be upon you and your house. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at roxboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.